Did you know that the original Final Fantasy creator, Hironobu Sakaguchi, made a spiritual successor to that legendary series called Fantasian for Apple Arcade, and every level in the game is a handmade, physical miniature model. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing, and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au forward slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today at sifter.com.au forward slash arcade for a one month free trial of Apple Arcade and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. This offer is for new subscribers only $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled. Pixel Civ is proudly supported by Murdoch University School of Arts who have been with us since the very beginning and it's where we all learned how to make podcasts, radio and videos. If you're interested in a creative degree in games, sound, film, journalism, or maybe you'd like to mix and match, you can head to murdoch.edu.au forward slash arts to learn more about what they've got going on and what's on offer. That's murdoch.edu.au forward slash arts, or you can search Murdoch University for more information. Murdoch University School of Arts, proudly supporting Pixelsift. Hello and welcome to Pixel Sieved episode 103. My name is Mitch and if this is your first time joining us, we are a show that celebrates the indie games from across Australia and around the world. Joining me on the show today is my co-host Scott. Hey, yeah. hey. And our guest tonight is Alada Aponyi. And um, <laughs> and uh, so thank you for joining us, Alada. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> um, Alada is the creator of Eatvolve, the evolution platformer. But first, what are we talking about, Scott, before we get to that? Uh, we'll be discussing how having an audience can make difficult games much more enjoyable. Awesome. All right. So let's get into it. Hey there. If you're enjoying the show and you want to hear more, subscribe to Pixel Sift on Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, or listen on pixelsift.com.au. See you there. So we all know that playing games with friends is almost always better than playing them alone. But what about playing them for an audience? An article by Patrick Klepik pointed out uh, <laughs> pointed out he got much more enjoyment out of recently released Dead Cells with an audience cheering him on while streaming. What do you think about this, Mitchell? So I've actually found that games are actually a lot more fun while streaming. And one of the best examples of that that i can identify right now is probably fortnite but a game that i very publicly dislike but play almost every <laughs> friday yeah and that is a lot more fun with people to hang out with and people watching so i i kind of agree with this and like just with people in the chat you know telling us where to go requesting we execute certain things and building certain things it's it's brings another element to the game that makes it bearable for me yeah, I mean, as I said in the opening there, like, um, you know, games are almost always better when you've got other people involved. So this is just taking that to, like, the next level um, by not only having people to play with, but having people watching you play. Because um, obviously it works both ways. Yeah, so, like, I, I don't know. It just seems like... And also when we played um, Stifled last week on, um, on the stream, that was yeah. definitely something that I... <clears throat> 
I don't know. I'm not a horror game person, and it was it was definitely. I, I was very. I was nervous playing a horror game because I don't. It's not a genre that I go for, and.、Um, You know, that was really ha- handy, even though just to pat my own back, because <laughs> I was the audience for you live in the studio and、yeah. helping you with little things that you weren't quite getting, but just you know, that, that outside looking in is sometimes really nice and refreshing.、Yeah. Alada, do you find that playing games with an audience, do you, do you find that that makes it better for you?、Uh, I mean, I've, I've never done any streaming, so、um, I can't really speak to that, but.、Um, Whenever I play something,、uh, my, my older son is watching me, and you know, I get a little bit of that audience there. He's、um, you know, cheering me on or, or、um, you know, excited to see、uh, new levels and things. So,、um, yeah, that, that's, that's fun.、Um, <laughs> that, that was something that Johnny brought up while we were talking about this topic last night, actually.、Um, he said, well, the evolution of like, that's kind of like the. The basis of this idea is like playing games like with your friends sitting next to you. They might not necessarily be playing with you, but like they're experiencing it with you, and that makes it better. And I think that's a lot of that's a lot of what's great about some horror games. Like Slender, I remember once we took a laptop into the middle of a forest near my house and played Slender in in the、um, in the forest, which was a nightmare. And、um, I didn't like it, it wasn't my idea,、um, but we did it, and it was with a bunch of friends, and it was awesome. So, th- that kind of thing, I think, is like an element of gaming that is rarely ever talked about. I know we did、uh, mention hard games in particular,、um, mm-hmm. but I don't really have <laughs> any hard games that I can draw off of my experience because I don't really play. I mean, I don't know really what you'd consider hard anyway. It's all pretty subjective. But, like, you really only need to look at the ever rising success of, say, like Twitch and, you know, to, to realize that it's almost less about the game these days and more about the social aspect of it. Um, so, you know, like, much like with sports in real life, you know, it's much more fun to play in a big, you know,、uh, in front of, with lots of people in front of an audience than, you know, having a kick down the park by yourself. You know, we're, we have more fun when we're involved with a crowd. We're biologically inclined to kind of move and act together. And also, there's lots of roles、um, if you're viewing、uh, as an audience, during, viewing a stream, you know, you can. View from the helpful position, you can view from an extremely unhelpful position. You can be funny, you can troll, you can be engaging,、um, you can just be there with the niceties because you like the streamer.、Um, you know, it, it socially, it ticks a lot of boxes for people.、Uh, oh, it ticks a lot of boxes for a lot of people, I think, and that's the important bit of it and why it's still rising, I, th- I feel. A lot of games are now being built into the whole audience participation aspect, like, yeah, especially、absolutely. with Twitch. Like,、uh, one of our favorite games, Hand of,、uh, not Hand Party of Golf. Party Golf and、um, City of Brass. Yeah, City、um, of Brass. Have as well. a great、um, interactive element where, where、uh, Twitch viewers can type in certain commands and it affects the game. And that, they're not necessarily playing the game, but it's, it's part of that. It's part of the audience being there and contrib- contributing to the narrative. Well,、um, based,、uh, the report from last year's Digital Australian, well, report from、uh, 2018, <laughs>、um, said that I think only, so I found only 8% of Australians in 2018 were playing alone. That means the remaining 90%, 92% were playing with friends, partners, families, or even people online.、Um, you know, we want to be connected, and this is our new avenue to do it through. And it's like, it, it's given you a new. Just a new way for people to find their audience. And it, it's, it's just a fun, a fun aspect of it that、uh, I, like, I, I don't want to take away from games saying that, like, oh, games aren't good. 
without an audience? Like that, that's not well, really that's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, definitely yeah. not what we're saying. It's yeah. just that I think gamers are coming into a, yeah. their own where they are more enjoyable to play with an audience because um, there's so many platforms that are facilitating that kind of, again, social aspect of it. So it seems silly not to embrace what they've almost written into the games, you know, the ability to have an audience. Um, and, you know, we're also... Uh, I've got a really good quote, actually, from Run Curry, who is the CEO of IGEA. And he was talking about the Digital Australia report that I was just mentioning before. Um, he said something along the lines of, like, we're playing with a lot more purpose these days, um, with more and more Australians recognising the value of games beyond entertainment and into these whole, uh, you know, social, family, school, workplace areas. Um, games are kind of getting more important. They're feeling more important mm-hmm. niches in our lives. Um, Alada, is that something you've considered as a developer that people are, even though you've made a single-player game as Evolve, but um, have you ever considered that people might be experiencing it in a different way than maybe you designed it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, like earlier on in development, I I had the game on, on itch and... Um, uh, I'm not sure who someone noticed it, and a few people had put some uh, let's plays on YouTube, and that was fascinating to um, sort of uh, see people's reaction and some comments about the game. And um, I'd, I'd put it up there just to, to be able to share with other people what I was working on, but I hadn't really considered that um, people who weren't game developers would would download it. So um and that sort of helped shape the direction of the game a little bit even um you know what the things that people liked or or um made a big deal about but just on uh, on that is like how you see your game to be used after you've kind of you know left it free into the world um just while i was doing our research on your game um in the last week I watched a couple of streamers playing your game uh on youtube so like ambivalent hero and gaming faster than light and the whole way that they played it was different and more enjoyable just because they knew they were doing it for an audience. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was a nice experience. It was, it, it was a remarkable game to, um, to watch uh, as an audience as well because, um, you know, it's not the, uh, the longest or uh, most impactful kind of game, but it was very entertaining. So Glad to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're just joining us, hello, welcome. We are Pixelsiv, and this week we have Alada Aponi uh, joining us, and he's going to be talking about his game Evolve soon. But right now, we're talking about how games can be more enjoyable, and you can be motivated to push through difficult games while having an audience. Now, one of my favorite games I think I've ever played is dust and elysian's tale and that is particularly difficult for me anyway and um i've never streamed it so i'm 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 wondering whether that would be better as a as a streaming game i wonder if i'll have more fun in that so that's one of the, that's one of those experiments that i've wanted to try in the future to see if I think can... having someone cheer you on like if, if you're getting frustrated with a part you have to repeat um, absolutely yeah and like having having someone Oh, sorry. Overcoming that. Yeah, (laughs) overcoming it. Yeah, like it it just seems like you can be definitely be way more motivated because someone's watching. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think there's an extra drive there to do a little bit better, um, you know, from your games. 
you know, let's talk well, about the high. Hi- give it one more go rather than um, you know, throwing the towel in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, like, I'll, I'll go back to it just because it's your go-to hard game um, of the 2000s. But, you know, Dark Demon, Souls, whatever, any of them, <laughs> pick them. Um, you know, they're, they are a highly streamed game. And surprisingly, when you compare it to a lot of the other games that are big competitors in the streaming world, you know, your Dota's, your League of Legends, your Player Unknown Battlegrounds, even Overwatch and whatever to a lesser extent, these are very specific games, you know, that they, they all fit into very similar kind of areas of, um, you know, smashing up and enjoying stuff. Um, so it is strange to see other games jumping into that. Yeah, Moody Zander in the chat for, says, for some reason, seeing someone watching, reacting to something is a much different feeling, is, is, a, is a far different feeling than actually reacting to it, which is interesting. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's a bit of a, like a, a safety barrier of entry there where, um, you know, the, the, the risk to yourself is a lot less because somebody <laughs> else is doing it. So, like, speaking of risk to yourself, Apivorous mentioned that watching someone shred on DDR in an arcade might be like the first... The first iteration of this kind of phenomenon. Yeah, right. I, like, I've definitely have done that many, many times in my life. Just like watching someone blitz it. Like, oh man! If only. DDR and then, and then is trying a, it and immediately no, just not, never doing that. Happening. Never try. Not in, not while they're there anyway. What do they? Yeah. What leave? No, I've um I've made, had many many DDR failures in my life. Let's not get down that road. Nah. <laughs> All right. Speaking of getting down a road, I think we should move Ooh, on to our next topic, segue. which is. Eat Vols. Hey, Mitch, what are you doing this Friday? Uh, I'm playing Fortnite this Friday. But didn't you hate that game? Yeah, but I'm going to go get my pickaxe anyway. What time is it on? It's on at 7.30pm on every Friday night. We play Fortnite, and I hate it. You'll love it. Ugh. On twitch.tv forward slash pixelsift. Now, Mitch, is that 7.30 Western time <laughs> that or is Australian Eastern Standard Time? 7.30 Perth time. Okay. Western Australian Australian time. Western yeah. Standard Time, just for your all you Eastern staters over there. Yeah, and it won't be me this week. It'll be Sarah. That's fine. That's if she remembers. I need to remind her. <laughs> Anywho. Anywho, about to the topic, we are joined by Alada Aponi, a.k.a. Papada, all the way from Melbourne. He is here to talk about his game, Evolve. So, Alada, can you give me a quick rundown of the game for everyone not familiar? Okay, yep. Um, so, it's a evolutionary eat-em-up. Um, it's a platformer where you uh, begin life as a lowly worm. Um, you, you don't have uh, much ability to do anything, but you can eat other creatures, and by doing so, you take on the their ability and and body shape. Um, So it's a bit of a a game about exploration and discovery, um, finding what creatures do what and um, sort of, yeah, there's a a few things to discover there. (laughs) So um, where did the idea and where did the inspiration for the game come from? Did you like see like a worm crawling across the ground and be like, ah, game right there? The original idea is from a a global game jam. I think it was... Um, 2014, um, the theme was Ouroboros. Um, so the, uh, that's the snake eating its own tail. Um, so I, I attended that in Sydney with some friends and, um, came up with sort of the core of, of this idea at that time. Um, but the team, um, you know, in, in t- uh, one weekend, we, we didn't have much to time to, get a lot done like it was um 
that was sort of more than we could achieve in the weekend. And we ended up sort of scrapping this idea and going ahead with a different idea. Um, so a, a few years later, I decided to, that I wanted to try and uh, start learning programming. And I remembered the idea um, as something simple enough that maybe I could try to try to build this um, to, to learn programming. So if... Um how did you know, because I'm, I'm assuming this wasn't your only idea you had in the back of your head. How did you choose this one to really flesh out? Um, uh, I guess the, the evolutionary, like the, the, having the player sprite change, um, it, it, the idea um, sort of just ca- came into my head like, oh, this, this will be a, it's a, it's a platformer. So, you know, I imagine it's, you know, I was naive. I thought this would be an easy thing to do as a first game. Um, and just the the idea appealed to me, um, you know, having sort of this um, change, change in ability as, as you, as you play. I like how you've kind of injected a little bit of RPG flavor into a, in, into a very classic platformer style. Um, was, was that, was that part of the plan all along? Um, so like the very first version, which I got working within a, a couple of months was, um, like a linear, you start as a worm, you ate a frog and then a, a sugar glider. And that was sort of, um, uh, the whole game. And, but it, yeah, it was quite easy to see areas to add to the, to the game to improve it, other creatures. So sort of just grown over time and um, it got quite complex. So I, I wanted to uh, explain that to the player somehow without a tutorial. Um, so that, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I'm succeeding there, but hopefully <laughs> it's sort of understandable, like discoverable as you play. Um, is the game sort of like an endless runner type deal or are there actual levels? I guess what I'm trying to say is like, how do you win? <laughs> is there, there a win creature? or do you just play? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mind that it's a bit aimless. I, I, I enjoy that you sort of make your fun or, or uh, do, the, do the thing that you want to rather than being always pushed to, to do something. But um, yeah, I do have a boss creature right at the top of the level. Um, uh, although it's not finished, um, so I'm hoping to have a couple of different ways to like have an ending screen, and ending state. Now I've noticed that the game um, does click back pretty far um, on the internet as far as its launch date. I, when did it, yeah you actually launch the game originally? Um, I mean, yeah, like I said, I just put it on itch in order to share it. I think it was like just before. Um, like Games Week in Melbourne, uh, maybe three years ago. Right. And, and um, yeah, so my aim there was just to be able to show other developers um, that I was working on something. And going back to something um, you said uh, just previously, um, that when you were face-making the game, you had something completely wrong about it. Um, wh- what did you learn? And what had did you have completely wrong about the game? Um, I mean, uh, it's, I guess I was naive. Um, I have worked as an artist for a while, so I sort of had a, had my assumptions about that, which, um, you know, I decided oh, I'll try and do pixel art um, as it's slower resolution. That would be faster, but that's turned out to be um, 
time to do all those pixel animations versus 3D animations. Um, there's a more work up front, render from different sides, or um, you know, use a 3D model in the game that um, gives you sort of more flexibility there. So, um, you know, programming, I, I've actually found that that and um, that's been great, but the design itself, that's been a real challenge. Uh, make the, the game cohesive, I guess. Um, and is this something that you'll kind of keep working on? Is this is a bit of a passion project uh, that you keep kind of patching until you're happy, I guess? <laughs> or until you're done? <laughs> Air quotes? Yeah, I mean, I, I want, I'm hoping to get like a version one out early next year um, and launch on the uh, iOS and Steam. Cool. So um, that will sort of have a few different endings and uh, a couple more creatures um, to discover that kind of thing. And then you know, if it, if it if it's received well, I'd, I'd love to continue working on it, like added, adding uh, underwater creatures, like amphibious creatures and stuff. Yeah, sweet. If it isn't if it isn't received well, I'll probably. Um, have to just start another another little project, I guess. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's going to be received well. So um, if you're watching us on Twitch, uh, thank you very much for joining us. We are t- And thanks for tuning in. Um, if you're just joining us, though, um, we are talking to Alada Aponi about Eatvolve. Um, the, what was it? The Eat'em-Up, what was it? The Eat'em-Up uh, platformer game. That's how you described it earlier, right? <laughs> uh, um, we have a couple, uh, question, a couple of questions in the chat. Um, one from Apuvarus asking how long the game takes to play. Um, we'll start um, with that one. So, like, you can um, have like a sh- really short life of you know just a few seconds if you if you're eaten by something another creature straight away. But, um, but through to maybe uh, fifteen minutes would be the, the longest life. Um, um, so there's yeah, no so definitive the level. Um, you start in sort of a dirt area. There's a there's a couple different areas. Um. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine more than sort of twenty minutes for a single life. Right. Yeah. So there's no definitive definitive win at this stage, but you can get eaten and you can lose. I mean, there, there is a that boss creature in the build, the current build. The, but oh, so that is that is out and currently. Yeah. Judging by my playthroughs I had before the show, I think my average life was about two seconds. Like Fiona was like watching me play it. It's like you keep dying, and I'm like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Um, so we've got another question from the chat this time coming from Limbot and they're asking, did you find game jam a useful process? The, um, it's, it's just great to, um, be forced to try and come up with something that you could try and achieve in a, in a, in a couple of days. And, you know, it is a bit stressful and, um, I, I never find that I'm able to sleep on the floor in a well-lit computer lab, but, um, <laughs> meet other, other developers and um, test out some ideas. So I, I really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah. you, you previously worked for Team Bondi, who made LA Noir. Like how, what was it like working on that kind of project? And then what's the contrast between working for yourself on your own project? Um, so I went through like a few years on, on uh, LA Noir, and early on it was r- really exciting and... Um, you know, a lot of R&D uh, for the sort of next gen of, of consoles. Um, so I uh, had a, a great time there early on. And then sort of as the project 
got got on and the deadline loomed to be a bit of a grind, um, like six days a week. And and then I remember um, we were told that we were doing seven days a week and that was the point that I decided that I, that I would leave the project. <laughs> um, like yep. I, I did nearly an entire year just working on uh, roads, so... That was a bit of busy. Uh, sorry, that was a bit of a messy partnership there what, bef- between uh, Team Bondi and Rockstar, was it not? Um, how was that working through that relationship? I mean, I never was in those meetings yeah, with okay. um, so management and um, the Rockstar people. Uh, I mean, and I left before probably the, the worst of it. From you know, friends who stayed there, it got it got more heated towards mm-hmm. the end, but. Um, I mean, the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that's en- enough. Enough, that's about, fine. That's enough fine. about that depressing story. <laughs> um, what, so, you, you discussed um, earlier talking, taking your video, uh, taking your game and showing it to developers, but you've also shown it to just consumers and players. Um, what's, what do you think is different about showing it to each audience? So, showing to other developers is... Um, you get a different kind of feedback than them just um, players like at PAX. Um, I guess other developers, um, they are more often going to tell you something that they would change or, or fix or what, or give you ideas for ha- how to solve I- issues that they see, which can be helpful. But, it, you know, it, um, I think players who, who don't have those um, ideas about how to solve problems that can be more useful because you um, you can just see they're, they're getting frustrated with something or something doesn't make sense and they're not, they're not telling you how they would solve that. They're just, you can, you can recognize as a, as a problem there. I can imagine with too many developers um, putting in their two cents sort of thing, it could be a bit of the, um, you know, too many, bro- uh, too many chefs spoiling the broth type of situation. I mean, I, I value the, that feedback from other developers. Um, of course. Not, not, to, not to say I don't, um, and and as a like mostly solo developer, I'm I'm sort of choosing what what to put in and, and what what to leave out. But um, players are, you know, you I think it's you quickly recognise issues um, with, with um just on being a sort of solo developer because you have been a part of Team Bondi and now you're doing your own thing. Um, you know, how is that for you? Would you? Do you find it better being on your own and having your own direction and calling your own shots? Uh, I mean, there's things to like about both. Um, I mean, I do I do prefer working on my own than in a you know hundred person team. Um, mm. But I think that's mostly due to the like you're sort of a cog in a machine on a, on such a huge team. There's less opportunity for your input on, on things. Um, like I've worked in smaller teams, sort of, um, you know, 10 to, to five people. And that that's probably the, the preferable situation, you know, where each person has their expertise and working together to solve problems. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, when so if people want to find out more about eDevolve, where should they go, and uh, where can they find out more information? Um, probably the the best place is my Twitter, which is uh, Papadar with an underscore. Um, either itch page, or if you just Google eDevolve, that'll that'll show up. Um, so uh, yeah, I try to tweet uh, some 
in development screenshots and, and that kind of thing pretty regularly. Awesome. And um, one last question before we go from Epivorous. Um, what is your dream platform to put Eatvolve on? Um, well, yeah, it's uh, uh, originally yeah. designed around the uh, mobile phone. So um, uh, I guess the, the dream, uh, everyone wants it on, wants their things on Switch. I'd, I'd like to <laughs> put it on, on Switch. You know, that'd be great, but um at the moment i'm just focused on um the pc and ios versions um see how it goes after that i guess <laughs> nice oh which is definitely the flavor of the month at the it, moment it is like everybody <laughs> the wants flavor of the couple switch. of years i guess <laughs> and that's good yeah, flavor, yeah. Yep. and that's good because i think it's definitely earned it mm. um well uh, I think that's about all you have time for. Thank you very much for joining us for another episode of Pixel Civ. Um, thank you very much, Alada, for joining us. Thank you, Alada. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's just thanks for spending some time this evening to talk about Eatvolve. All right, well, I've come to the end. Uh, this episode was hosted by me, Mitch Lowe, and Scott Quigg. Hello, hello. And it was produced by Fiona Bartholomeus, and, ex- and our executive producer is Gianni Di Giovanni, who wishes he could be here today, but unfortunately he couldn't because, you know, he's still on sabbatical somewhere. Um, <laughs> thank you very much to Murdoch University School of Arts for continuously supporting PixelCiv throughout all our episodes. If you'd like to learn more about the great creative degree, go to murdoch.edu.au forward slash arts. And as always, we'll be sticking the links to all the topics we talked about on the show in the notes on our website, www pixelsiv.com.au and uh, yes the absolute best thing you can do is head to the discord pixelsiv.com.au forward slash discord if you want to keep an eye on everything we're doing we post everything there first and you can chat to us about all that stuff you know what what we want to do so Mm -hmm. yeah we've also got social media pages on twitter facebook and instagram you just search pixelsiv in pretty much anything to get our yellow logo with the sift um, so, Scott, if people want to go to other episodes and listen to old ones, where should they go? Yes, people, you can go to our website, stream episodes, subscribe as a podcast, either on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, or whatever podcast player you like. We're on them all. We're live every Thursday. Next week at this time, join us for Pixel Sift Plays as we check, play some of the indie games we feature on the podcast and more. Our next podcast is on the 6th of September. Nice. All right. Peace okay. out. Thank you very much for joining us. Peace out. Thanks, Alada. If you're in the market for a super addictive puzzle game, you have to check out Mini Motorways on Apple Arcade. It's a city planning strategy puzzler with an incredibly satisfying gameplay loop. Enjoy unlimited access to over 200 incredibly fun games with no ads and no in-app purchases. From puzzle and adventure games to sports, racing and multiplayer action games, everyone can count on finding something to love. Head to sifter.com.au slash arcade to start your free trial of Apple Arcade today. That's sifter.com.au slash arcade for a free one-month trial of Apple Arcade, and you'll be supporting independent video games journalism. New subscribers only, $9.99 a month after free trial. Plan automatically renews after trial until cancelled.